Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Young Bucks, your Pittsburgh Pirates prospect podcast of choice here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. We got a couple more peas added into that mix now. Jared Prugar, my co-host as always. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, Alex. I promise you it was not me who added the peas, but we are two peas on this pod. Oh and, my God. And after <laughs> Alex is done cringing, what are we talking about this morning? Wow. That is the worst joke we've ever done on this show. No, it's not. <laughs> it's the worst joke so far. On this show, yes. <laughs> no, but Jared, I, I wanted to talk about this. I put this at Insider. And just looking at the Pirates' rotation at the moment, I think we need to talk a little Miguel Yajure, which... We saw him last week, and he was just dominant. Five absolutely shut down innings in the majors. Trevor Cahill is presumably a little banged up at the moment. He exited his last start with a calf injury. By the time we're recording this, we do not know yet exactly the extent of how long he'll be out, but it's reasonable to assume whenever a guy exits early in an injury, he's probably going to hit the I.L there are going to be some starts that are opening up. Jared, let's just say, for the sake of argument, that it would only be one Miguel Yajure start in the majors. Do you take that shot? I guess just that's, that's just the first one. If it's only for one more day, Miguel Yajure, yay or nay? Yay. How good can he I'm continue too. to get at AAA, right? You want to challenge these guys. I know the body of work isn't necessarily where it could be or should be, but he's a guy that you 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 traded what was once a face of the franchise guy as far as pitchers go for him, and you've got you've got to put it to the test. And it's not like he's done anything to not warrant staying in the majors either. Yeah, I mean. I got to talk to Joel Hanrahan, his his pitching coach at AAA, about it a little bit. You know, like they are trying to clean up some things with the lower half mechanics, you know, push off, make sure that he's using all his body, all good stuff that you want to hear. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. Let's do this at the major league level. Like I, we're not gonna see those five amazing innings every single time he goes out. But even that start in Detroit, there was a lot of good things to take away from it, even if the final line was a little ugly. The stuff moves. He plays. He challenges hitters. There's a lot of good things that you want to see out of a starter. Henry Hinn just made a point out of, you know, he pitches with confidence, which I, I know I've railed on, like, we're overblowing that with Mitch Keller. But whatever a guy says, just flat out, this guy's 
attacking hitters. He's pitching, you know, like he feels like he belongs. That's what you want to hear about a 23-year-old kid. This guy's going to be in the 2022 rotation. Just start it now. I don't know why we have to go back to Mitch Keller, or they have to go back to Mitch Keller. Yeah, I mean, you talked about pitching with confidence, and that is huge. As, and, and anytime confidence is an issue, if you're pitching with it or you're playing with it, you're in great shape, right? So wh- what's the worst that can happen? If you're going to trot Trevor Cahill and he's going to give you one out of three good starts, why not put Contreras out there, learn on a fly, and, and work on those things that he needs to work on? Now, do you unless you value the tutelage and the mentorship of a Joel Hanrahan over an Oscar Marine, um, over a Justin message, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, obviously, Yehre has options, whatever, but let's be real here. He's He needs to be in the majors. He needs to be pitching against that competition, and and that's, that's how you're going to see what you've got because if you want this dude to be a part of the future, well, the future is now. Yeah, it is, and not to mention – him being promoted to the major leagues, you know what the ripple effect of that is? Contreras goes up to AAA, which there, there is nothing left for Contreras to do at AA. It's, it's just Yeah, he's he needs just to pitch in front of me time. one more time. He needs to pitch in front of me one more time. Okay, okay. He's biding time, though. There's oh, absolutely. no part where it's like, oh, man, if only he could, you know, had one more start at AA. We're not going to say that going on. He is in AA right now because there isn't a spot open at AAA, and you can't really keep a guy down that long for that reason, especially no, with someone with this much potential. Well, and that's the thing, too, is there is a log jam at the, at the AAA. At, honestly, all the way up, right? Because you, at AAA, you've got some studs. Now you've got Chad Cool rehabbing. But in AA, you've got Kranich. You've got Contreras. and you know, that's, that's a good problem to have when you have organizational depth at that position. And that's something coming into Sherrington's tenure with the Pirates, they did not have. There's not as much of that depth in AAA. AAA is more your, your Stephen Wrights, your Chase DeYoungs right now, which I, 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 I liked what I saw out of Chase DeYoung in spring training. If something happened where he gets called up to the major leagues, I'm probably going to be like, all right, here's a guy who, you know, had a good spring. Let's see if he can continue to build off of that at the major league level. I'm fine with that. But at some point, you can't be rolling with a rotation of just that. Because right now in AAA, you've got your hooray right now. You've got Cody Ponce, who I like, who's already on the 40-man roster, could potentially make some starts up in the major leagues this year. I mean, not even potentially. I'm expecting it at some point. But then a lot of that pitching, it's a lot of, you know, filler guys. And I know that's for a lot of AAA teams. But for it feels like for every Nick Mears type of guy where it's like, hey, that's someone that could, you know, actually do something in the major leagues. There are a couple – what are you really doing here besides being depth? And that kind of stinks with the, you know, just COVID year and the Pirates really emphasizing depth. And I think it's kind of keeping some of those guys from hitting that higher level. And Trevor Cahill is part of that. <laughs> to get this train back on track, Trevor Cahill is part of that. I don't see how this team gets better every day. Like this organization keeps saying that they're trying to do, giving Trevor Cahill starts instead of your hurry. Uh, yeah, I Honestly, there are probably three or four guys that I would even give a chance to at the AAA level before I gave uh, Cahill again. I'd give um, Ponce another chance. I Ponce, absolutely. Um, 
you know, <laughs> even even a guy, let's say obviously James Marvel wouldn't be a bad option, right? Marvel has one of the best changeups in the system. I'd, I'd be willing to experiment with him again. Like what? What's the worst that could happen? Like you're going to get stinks, the same results, and you yeah. let him go, right? And you yeah. bring him back, and you hey, listen, this is what this is what you worked on. And the best thing about him, and we talked about this, and I've talked about this at length on multiple podcasts. Um, but he's pitched in the majors before. He got his cup of tea. Let's get him some more action. Let's have some fun. Let's see what he's got, and and see where it takes you. Because listen, let's be real. This is a bridge year to get to 2022 where you should have one heck of a rotation. And some of those guys at AAA, there are guys in Greensboro that are better than they are. There are guys in Altoona that are for sure better than they are. So, you know, those guys are knocking on that door. Let's see what you got. And maybe guess what? You put him out there and you put a guy like James Marvel out there. Um, and I, I would even have said Cam View before he got sent to Altoona because of, of issues here. Um, but you put those guys out there and you see what they've got, because guess what? Then that could end up being a trade piece for more depth in the organization, or even you go out and get a guy that you think could be the, the key to the, to the puzzle. Yeah. I, I'm not even really worried about trade pieces at the moment. Like this is not the way you should be going about things like this, but I think this organization has a ton of talent already in it to the point that I would rather give opportunities to young guys in the major leagues rather than the mindset of let's have this guy work and then trade him for a prospect. I, I, yeah. I, there will be more organic prospects added to the draft, the international free agency, just other ways. I am in the, okay, you got the stable. Let's start to push them. Right. And, and listen, I love the fact that they're focusing on development. I think that's huge, but yeah. you, but every level is different, right? Like it, at some point, you know, those, those Greensboro guys are going to have to come to Altoona. And, and like you said, Contreras, what does he have left to, to, to prove in Altoona, right? Nothing. He's throwing lights out. Like, it's not – it's very fun to watch. But he's just dominant. He's like Syndergaard throwing against high-A pitching or high-A hitters. Um, but, you know, they value development, which is great. But part of that is moving them up when they need to and when – and yeah, maybe maybe it's a little early. Maybe you wanted to see it maybe in June or or July. But what is there left to prove in, in a year where the pitcher is king? And we're seeing that throughout all levels of baseball. Pitchers are king, and it's a pitcher's it's a pitcher's time to, to shine right now. So get him up, see what he can do, and and evaluate from there. You're the pitcher 2.0. Hey, we're gonna take a break. Whenever we come back, we gotta talk about. Uh, a wrench thrown into the into the outfield situation. And welcome back to Young Bucks, your Pittsburgh Pirates prospect podcast. One prospect who really, really was impressing early this year. And I know the batting average wasn't 100% there, but he was hitting the ball hard. Like average exit velocity, last time I got an update, was like 90-something miles per hour, which is 
really good by major league standards. And this guy was in triple A, had three home runs, Travis Swaggery. And it's in the outfield, which the Pirates desperately need outfield help. Like they aren't, <laughs> this isn't a team that's really in position to turn down any outfield help. Not to say that, you know, Travis Swaggerty needs to be promoted right now. He is skipping double A. That's already one big step. I don't blame him for not wanting to take two with him right now, but he looked like someone who's going to be in the major leagues this year. That was until he was injured this week, diving back to first base on a pickoff attempt. We don't know exactly how severe the injury is right now, but he's going to be out for at least he was out this week. If nothing else, it's going to be at the very least a decent chunk of next week that he's going to be out. Hopefully it's not too serious for, for his sake, because this is such a big year in his development. But Jared, I, I want to talk about the ripple effects that this has not only at the major league level, but, but a triple a, because the guy who was brought up in that situation is someone that you've covered the last couple of years in black Driz. and someone who, if memory serves, you came into this year, hyping up a little bit is like, what are your sweeper a sleeper? prospects not sweeper sleeper yeah I'm, I'm not quite sure and if i had any sweeper prospects maybe that could be a guy that has a nice sweeping slider um but madris is he's a guy that's he, he's not gonna wow you right he's not gonna be this guy where you where he is at like a the size wise of like o'neill cruz or he's not this guy that's gonna jump off the roster but he gets the job done and when you look at that pirates outfield you know, the occasional stumbleina of El Cafe is never fun to experience, but could be fun to watch. But you're right. They do need help. And, and they've needed help for quite some time. But now, Madrid, he's a guy that's going to be able to, I think, could get a cup of coffee. But, you know, the, the development of Swaggerty obviously takes a little bit of a, a little bit of a stunt here. But that's not necessarily a bad thing for everybody else because now – Madrid is in Indy, and now it's opening up some more doors in Altoona as well for guys to get opportunities. And I think that's really one of the more important things here is that it's getting more guys, more reps, despite it not really helping right now as far as Swaggerty goes, because he was having a decent year. For a guy that didn't play in AA and just spent time at the, at the alt site, that's, that's a big thing for him. Yeah, and I, I'll agree with the – he has a chance at getting a cup of coffee if, if we're talking ceiling here. Like, Bly's a really nice dude, and I, I liked what I saw out of him in, in the Australian Winter League. Like, he's worked on his swing. It's definitely been a work in progress. He's definitely seen the ball well right now, even if it isn't exactly translating to extra base power, but, you know, a lot of walks, decent batting average, you know, stuff that you, you'd like to see from a guy like that, but why is not, you know, a, a big time prospect. And if, whenever I look at this Indianapolis outfield where you got Alfred, you got Dustin Fowler without Swaggerty, that's a pretty depressing bunch, you know, especially when, if you look at the major league roster where it's Brian Reynolds and literally anyone else, usually Gregory Polanco. Sometimes it's Tom. Sometimes it's Wilmer Defoe. Sometimes it's not exactly a great group of outfielders outside of Brian Reynolds and there's not a whole lot to pull from so I ask you Jared just 
just to say it, why isn't O'Neill Cruz in right field? Yes, I know the actual answer that the Pirates are going to keep him at shortstop until he proves he can't. He plays shortstop, but why isn't he in right field? Development. Why else wouldn't he be? Um, we talked about this in the first segment. They want him to develop. They're not going to rush a guy like that. They're not going to rush an O'Neill Cruz, as I couldn't figure out how to work my tongue there. Um, but it's they, they want to develop him, and, and he needs everyday reps. Who's to say he's going to get everyday reps in AAA, despite Swaggerty being out, right? There's, they have a, a, a plethora of people up there, Fowler, Alford, um, guys like that. So he can play every day and play shortstop every day in Altoona. But I can see where you're coming from, why people would want him up there. It's just not going to happen anytime soon. And if it does, kudos for him, but it's not – it's not looking like he's going to come up for quite some time. I would think late June, early July at the earliest. Yeah. I, mean, I guess. I feel budget just kind of depressing. Like I, I hired Hudson head in Britain, but he's a couple years away. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I think Caden's uh, myth in the Jigba is someone who in the next year could be a real player in the 2022 pirates. But I look at where this organization is depth wise at infield and at pitching. And then I look at the outfield and then the catching we've made the joke. There's exactly one catching prospect in this farm system in Rodriguez. And that's it. And in the outfield, it kind of feels like there aren't a whole lot of options either. There's not a whole lot of depth where if, if a Swaggerty or a Smith and a Jigba gets hurt or just doesn't pan out, they're kind of scrambling. No, and I think that's fair. Um, and and hopefully you, you would hope that it's not the case because I think Cal Mitchell's a little far off. He's still got to prove some things in double A despite having a decent game um, for Altoona on Thursday night where he homered and had a nice play in the outfield. But there's a lot to be desired from the outfield throughout the organization um, outside of Swaggerty. And even then, the, the, that average needs to grow. That average needs to get a little higher. needs to hit, hit – needs to work on that and adjust to that game. Um, but uh, if those, some of those guys can pan out, I think that's big moving forward for the pirates, whether that happens, you know, that's a crapshoot. That's, that's minor league baseball. That's draft picks in any sport, whether they can develop, but rest assured Sherrington and his farm in the farm system, they are going to focus on development over everything. And I think that's going to play a big factor down the road too. And I know I've said this before. I, I agree with everything, except I'm not high on Cal Mitchell. I, I just don't view him as this great prospect. I don't know how he got all this hype so far, besides where he was actually drafted. Not, we don't have to get into that. That's just a parting shot. That's just a parting shot at the end of this. Hey, we got one segment to go. We'll be right back. of youth podcast on pirates prospects on dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network welcome to the third segment we are here to discuss some of the top performances of your pirates prospects this week 
I am going to take a look and a stab at talking about the week of or the performance of Christian Bethencourt, who the Pirates signed May 1st as a free agent catcher, um, who was nowhere to be found outside of his, his uh, premature exit from, from Philly's camp, where he was a casualty to organizational depth. The dude is absolutely raking um, at the AAA level. Had a great night last night um, where he played right field. So they're putting catchers in the outfield at AAA, which is crazy to me. Um, but he's hitting 333 with the home run, four RBIs, and a stolen base um, with an OPS of 833 and 30 at-bats. Listen, he's not a prospect by any means, but to go out and pick somebody out like that in a free agency – and for him to come and have that impact, that speaks volumes to that type of player and what might have some potential down the road. Yeah, I, I already touched on this on, on the podcast to be named later about how, you know, he is doing really well. I just don't view him as that big of an upgrade over Michael Perez. And I know Michael Perez is in the middle of an O for, what, 26 right now streak, which – but what Perez brings on defense and framing, he gets enough value. Not saying that he's even replacement level right now, but I don't see Betancourt really being an upgrade in that regard either. No, and I think that's fair. Now, granted, Betancourt's getting everyday reps. Uh, Perez isn't. And anytime, I mean, you you talk about routines and you talk about routines in, in athletics. If you're not in a routine, it's very hard to have success. Um, and I'm not saying that's an excuse that Perez isn't playing every day, nor should he be playing every day. Stallings is the guy um, at that level. But when you're getting everyday reps compared to sitting on the bench playing once every three games or however it is that they haven't worked out, then it's a little different. But it happens. My performer over the week is, is a bit of a mixed bag here because here he – had an 823 OPS on the week, five extra bases, including a homer. Really solid for the most part results, but Nick Gonzalez struck out 10 times in 31 plate appearances over the past week, and that's concerning for me. I'm sorry. There's, there's a lot to like about this guy. He's hitting the ball literally as hard as anyone in minor league baseball at the moment. And there's still some of that adjustment to go. Number of strikeouts is a bit concerning, though, because I don't view this guy as like a, a 30 home run guy. I view him as like a 40 double type of guy. You know, he, he's going to hit. That's where his OPS, that's where his his ISO, his power is going to be in extra base hits in doubles. And that's fine. But you can't strike out that many times, in my opinion, without having the homers to back it up. He's but, not going to Joey Gallo his way through this. But. But, 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 it's the year of the pitcher 2.0. Yes, so, yes, and he's still new to professional baseball. Right. I'm so willing to give this, all of that. So this is these, just my microcosm, a, a look at the week of Nick Gonzalez. So, so this begs the question, too, because this isn't just isolated to Gonzalez, but this is to everybody else. Is the, is, are the strikeouts a result of the pitching he is facing, or is it a result of the hitter's flaws at the hitter at the at in his swing or, or something of that nature. Now that's I think something that we have to kind of look at maybe at a later date, right? Because listen, if he's going out and facing studs all the time, yeah, the strikeouts are going to rise. 
But if he's going out there and having terrible plate appearances and the quality at bats aren't there, then that's something. So whose fault is it? Is it the is it on the pitchers? Is it on the hitters? Because we talked that um, you know, there there are a lot of guys that are talking about the pitchers right now, right? And and they're talking about how strikeouts are bad for baseball. And listen, I am a, I am a pitcher, I am a pitching coach, I love the art of pitching. I think it is an art, I think it's fascinating. Um, but it is very boring when you go up there and see pew, 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 strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Unless it's unless it's Contreras. I know. Yeah. Unless okay, Donnie Baseball. I'm, but, hitting, I'm hearing you. But is it but what are the the hitters are selling out too most more often than not? They're always they're listen, we have just glorified the dinger. Like, like big owl, man. I'm just here to hit dingers. And and that's there are a lot of flaws in some of these swings. And it's taught at the youth level. All they want to do is elevate. All they want to do is elevate. There's no such thing as working gap to gap anymore um, at, at certain levels. So is it on the hitter or is it on the pitcher? Because listen, 60 feet, six inches is, is what it is. So the hitter, the pitchers are always going to be ahead of the game, but it's up to the hitters to adapt. There are so many different nuances to swings, whether it's low position, where it's hand position, feet, knees, hips, um, you know, fingers, neck, head, yeah, head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, you know, it's, it's where you're at position wise, but it's, so the hitters have to make that adjustment. You know, you look at these high leg kicks, you look at the, the low positions. Is it all, is it all in the pitchers? No, the hitters had to adjust too. So is this an adjustment period that he's going through? Is he facing above average pitching for that level? What, so what are the issues that are causing the strikeouts? That's what I would be interested to see with Gonzalez. You started off by saying two peas in the pod and you're ending it with head, shoulders, knees, knees and toes. I don't know if this is our best or worst episode, Jared. I told you the jokes are going to get worse. <laughs> you're a man of your word, Jared Prugar. <laughs> Jared, my name is Alex Stumpf. Thank you for listening to Young Bucks here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You have it delivered to you every single day we do it with the bushel and a peck which you made with love for you for Jared Brugger I'm Alex Dunn we'll talk again next week and-